0: Welcome to Becoming Limitless. This is the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to optimize their brain and their body with biohacking. I'm gonna teach you how to eliminate brain fog and upgrade your health so you can have more productivity, energy, and growth in your business. I'm your host, Tanessa Shears. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Becoming Limitless podcast. How is your day going? I hope it is off to a great start. So interesting thing before I start this episode, I had actually sat down yesterday morning to record this episode for you, but... I had to start recording it like 6 times and I was like my brain is not working. It was feeling clunky. It was feeling cloudy and I just couldn't put a sentence together. Like I kept starting the podcast and being like, "No, this this doesn't make sense. This is this is not right." And I just had to turn it off for the day. I had brain fog yesterday. I stayed up a little too late the night before. I was eating some food that wasn't ideal the day before, and it really affected me the morning of. So part of this message is just to be like, you know, brain fog happens to all of us, even when 95% of the time you are on your game and you are having the best sleep and you are eating the best foods and you're moving your body sometimes you still get brain fog just because, you know, you want to stay up a little late one night or maybe you had to stay up late one night. And I think one of the messages I really want to make sure that we all understand is that it doesn't mean something has gone wrong. I see so often sometimes when we start on this journey to improve our health and, you know, really take back our brains that we expect that every day going forward is going to be High energy, clear thinking, focused, super productive. I'm present with my family the whole day. And sometimes it just doesn't happen like that. And I think in this discussion, there is room for compassion with yourself and seeing, oh, having days like this is normal, But what we want to start looking at is that if you're getting multiple days like this or you're spending a week like this, then that's something that you want to check into. But I think that this goal of being perfect and having every day be productive, I do think it's unrealistic. And that's something I want to make sure that I'm being clear about on this podcast. Because as much as we talk about, you know, brain optimization and being focused so we can grow our business, yes, that is ideal, but we are also human beings beings, which means we're going to do stuff sometimes that doesn't align with the most perfect and optimal health plan. Like if I stay up watching TV or I, you know, I'm on my phone before bed and it absolutely affects the quality of my sleep and I wake up the next day, not feeling a hundred percent. That's okay. I just know that this is going to be one of the consequences of that, and sometimes I'm okay with that. Now, having said that, I didn't get my podcast recorded yesterday. Yesterday wasn't highly productive. I actually ended up having to take some of the day off, and I went and spent some time by myself because I'd realized that, you know, I hadn't been by myself in a while because being a stay-at-home mom and a wife and a business owner and doing all of the things, it takes a lot of mental energy. So even though I'm feeling, you know, happy and present and focused most of the time, I think it is really important that we give ourselves that space and ask for help. This was actually a conversation that came up with one of my clients last week about how hard it is sometimes for us entrepreneurs, especially us, you know, that are high performing and our businesses are important. And, you know, we're trying to be all the things to all the people that it sometimes gets hard to ask for help. And one of the things we were actually talking about was we have this perception that because we can do it all, meaning, you know, if I'm just more productive and more efficient, that I can fit it all in. I really can. So we just have almost this assumption that other people can too, and that they also have a lot going on on their plate. So one of the things that I actually was interested in this discussion with my client was that, Since we perceive that everyone else must have a plate that's full like ours, why would they want to take on some of our stuff and help us out? And we really had a great conversation about what that means to ask for help. And so yesterday was one of those days I had to ask for help. And I was like, hey, husband. I have a wicked headache today. I've been trying to get productive. It's just not working. I need a day just for me to reboot and recover and just take care of myself, read a book for two hours, you know, just something that really brings me back centered. And so he took the day off work so that I could process through that. And it was one of those occasions where asking for help was one of the best things because I woke up this morning and it's a Saturday morning. And the first thing I wanted to do was record this podcast. So I guess the message I wanted to start off today with is, first of all, if you have a day of brain fog, nothing has gone wrong. It's okay. It's just a one-off day. And sometimes we deserve to ask for the help that we need so that we can feel fully restored and recharged because we need to take care of ourselves. I mean, that's part of the reason why you're listening to this podcast is because we think that, you know, we can just keep going and going and going. And even if you're getting your workouts and eating your food, sometimes we still need a break and it's okay to ask for that. And recognizing that there are people that want to help and are willing to help even if we think they aren't. Sometimes just asking for that help is, you know, really beneficial. So I wanted to start with that today. But what we're going to be talking about today is an actually a fun episode that I've been wanting to do for a while. If you have been following me on Instagram for any amount of time, you've seen by now all of my lunchtime work lunches I guess you could call them that are a salad and sardines now I've been getting a lot of really funny comments lately like I don't know how you eat sardines they're so fishy so I'm going to be sharing a little bit about that and why it's been included in my lunch so much lately because this episode is all about why you really want to have fish for brains and fish for brains when I was growing up was always something you didn't want to have like fish for brains meant you were kind of um Maybe not so with it or, you know, that you you couldn't remember things. I remember in grade 10, specifically, my math teacher, he gave us the example of fish, like goldfish, only having a 10-second memory. So fish for brains wasn't something you really wanted to be. But as I'm going to explain in today's episode, that's actually something you want. So yes, today's episode is all about fish. And I've been wanting to do this episode forever because ever since I did a very deep dive into fish and their benefits for you, I have been just so excited to include different types of fish and there's specific ones we're going to talk about into your diet and as well as looking at my clients and really helping them because here's the deal you want fish for brains because it is one of the best things you can actually do for your brain is to eat fish and we're going to talk about it today so get ready and strap in for an exciting episode about fish and I promise it's going to be good so here's the deal Optimal nutrition is the most important factor for keeping your brain healthy, in my opinion. Like, yes, actually, you know what? It might be tied with sleep. I like sleep too. But let's say that those are the top two. So most importantly, when we're talking about what foods are best for your brain, we're talking about healthy fats. Now, I just want to make it clear. I know most people know this. But you know what? I was also in that spot one time too when I didn't know this. But fats are no longer considered bad. They really never were bad. But with the way that you know, government and mainstream marketing used to um, market fat was that that was bad. And fat makes you fat. But that's not actually the reality. We need fat to have a high performing clear brain. I mean, I went through the whole low fat craze back when I was in my bodybuilding days, I would literally eat like uh, rice cakes with jam or peanut butter or low-fat bars or you know what I mean I used to actually just eat egg whites because you know the industry has made us so afraid of the fats in egg yolks but now I eat all that and my brain is performing better than ever and it has consistently shown that fats are something you need now there are different types of fats and I think we've alluded to that on the podcast a bit before I mean you don't want to go around eating trans fats trans fats are the ones that are found in hydrogenated oils and baked goods and stuff like that, because those really do damage your body. But there are whole other classes of fats that are actually basically what your body and your cell membranes are made up of. So I want you to think about this. We want good fats. And I'm going to tell you why. Because specifically, the type of fats we're going to be talking about today are a group of fats called polyunsaturated fatty acids. Specifically, we're talking about omega fats here. You've probably heard of them before. And we're going to be talking about omega three specifically and why that relates to fish and why they are imperative for normal cell and brain function. So why does this matter for you as an entrepreneur? If you want to eliminate your brain fog, if you want a high performing brain that thinks quickly, makes fast decisions, is clear, is focused, you need to make sure you are getting adequate sources of omega-3s in your diet. It is just non-negotiable. It is critical. And we're going to go through all the things that omega-3s help you do. But basically, if you want a brain that thinks clearly, this episode is important to you and you cannot skip out on it. So it's so interesting. My history with trying to implement omega-3s has been spotty, let's just say. So I first learned about, you know, omega-3s and stuff like that and healthy fish from a book that I've talked about on the podcast before. And I read it probably five or six years ago. It's called Food, What the Heck Do I Eat by Dr. Mark Hyman. And I really started, you know, learning all about fish and the quality of fish and what it contains and stuff like that. So, I mean, over the years, I've eaten salmon and stuff like that. But I know the benefit of sardines specifically. We're going to go into that. So I went and bought myself a can of sardines. And I was like, I'm going to eat these because they're good for you. And like, I'm one of those people that I, I mean, I eat for flavor, but not really. A lot of what I eat is for the nutrition of my brain. And I, I choose to get my joy from things outside of food, like my family, like reading, like watching the sunrise. And I don't get my my joy from food. I choose to get um my nutrition from food because that's what I see food as. Food is fuel for my brain. So I bought a can of sardines and I put them in the cupboard. And I was like, I'm going to eat these. I'm going to eat these. I'm going to eat these. Yep, this week. It's going to be this week. Six months later, I had literally still not eaten these sardines. Now, I'm still eating salmon and stuff like that. But I had just had this thought about sardines. And the reason I'm telling you this story is because I feel like every time I talk to my clients about adding in these foods they get the same response. So this is what I want to tell you. So I was just like, I can't eat small fish. I don't want to see their eyeballs. I I think they smell funny. Like this is all the story I had in my head about it. And so one day I was like, that's it. No more. I'm going to do this. And I happened to open the can while my sister was over that day. And she's like, that is disgusting. They smell funny, blah, blah, blah. So what we did was we were like joking around in the kitchen. We're like, I'll eat one if you eat one. So we each had a fork and we opened the can of sardines. And the first thing I noticed was like, oh, there are no heads on these fish. I don't know why I thought sardines had heads on them, but it's just in my head. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm not also not overwhelmed by the smell of fish right now. This is interesting. So we each got a fork and we were like, okay, one, two, three. And we ate them and we looked at each other. We're both like, these are good. Like, they're no fishier than, like, a regular, like, piece of cod that you might get. Maybe a little bit, but I was like, huh. And I had recognized that I had this story in my head about how bad sardines were. And I just now want to tell you that if you haven't actually tried them... Postpone your judgment until you've tried them. And the same way with avocado. Like secret, I hate avocado. I think it's mushy and it's gross. I It doesn't matter whether I put salt on it, lemon or lime. I heat it up. I don't heat it up. I just don't enjoy it, but I eat it every day because it is good for me. So maybe you'll have that idea about sardines. But to get into talking about specifically what omega-3 fatty acids do... Those are the omega-3s, the fats that are specifically found in fatty fish. There's some other places. We're going to talk about that too. But... It helps control gene function. It helps regulate your immune system, which we really want. We want to make sure we're healthy. It improves your metabolism, helps prevent your heart attacks, arrhythmias, strokes, and reduces inflammation and prevents blood clots. Like these are some major things that these omega-3 fatty acids do. Yet when I look at the food journals of my clients, it is one of the nutrients that is most commonly absent. So it also helps to build our cell membranes. Like I said, it reduces inflammation, helps you balance blood sugar. And it also helps increase the activity of something we've talked about before called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is also stimulated and released during exercise. But this specific thing, BDNF, it it allows your brain to be plastic and grow new brain cells and increase your connections. So when you have omega-3 fats, it actually increases the activity of it. So literally... You want fish for brains because it makes you smarter and it makes you a better thinker and it makes your brain work better, right? So specifically, omega fats are divided into actually two different kinds, omega-3s and omega-6s. And we might not know the difference, so it's important that we do. So omega-3 fats are the ones that are considered anti-inflammatory. And it's actually broken down into two different types of fat, one called EPA and DHA. They have long sciency words associated with those letters, but you don't need to know them. Just remember EPA and DHA. Now our brain is actually made mostly of fat and 60% of your brain is DHA. That's one of those fats that is considered a omega-3 fat. Now, if we don't have enough DHA and EPA our brain doesn't work. Now the thing is omega-3 fats are mostly found in wild whole foods. We're going to get us into the sources later but I really quickly want to cover the difference between what an omega-6 fat is. Now omega-6 fats are considered actually inflammatory. Things like corn oil, and soy oils, and safflower oils, and all of that. So when we have high levels of that omega-6 fat in our body, we actually promote a state of inflammation and disease. All those things we talked about before, arrhythmias, heart attacks, uh, immune system problems, metabolism, blood clots, all of that kind of stuff. Now, here's the thing. We don't wanna eliminate omega-6 fats, as they do have their function, but we wanna make sure that we're getting a balance of omega-6 to omega-3s. Now, here's the problem. With our standard Western diet, we are getting ratios of omega-6 to omega-3 fats of like 10 to 1, 20 to 1, when we actually want more of a 1 to 1 ratio. So what this means, we need to eat more whole foods because we are only as healthy as our cell membranes in our brain. So if you think of a brain cell and it has like a, a membrane that goes all the way around the outside of it, guess what that's made of? fats, right? And that's the major method of communication for brain cells. Now here's some fun trivia. Did you know that each brain cell is connected to every other brain cell by about 40,000 connections? And did you know you have like a hundred billion brain cells? Now imagine that if like you were looking at like power lines and how many connections to and from every single cell and the wires all have to be working properly and connected well. And if your membranes, the, the things that encase your brain cells, if they aren't healthy, the effectiveness and speed of communication between each cell in your brain slows down. And what that means is we're getting poor mental function, memory problems, mood disorders, brain fog. So like I said, your brain is actually made up of the fats that you eat. If you eat a lot of omega-6 fats, trans fats, the fats that aren't serving you, what actually happens is they get incorporated into the cell linings of your brain and your brain cells stop functioning properly. So like I said, specifically omega-6 fats, they denature, they lose their integrity, especially when they're heated up. Like if you put vegetable oil or canola oil and that's what you cook with, you are essentially ingesting a ton of omega-6 fats and that puts your brain and your body into an inflammatory state. Like I said, it's not that we want to eliminate these entirely. We need both. It is about balance. But why do we like omega-3 fats so much better? because the actual fat is flexible and fluid. So I want you to think of like a flexible cell membrane and it's able to jiggle and move and maybe think of it like jello, like kind of like that I guess. And if that is your cell membrane and if you stuck a straw through it, that would be like a receptor on your cell membrane. And if the cell happens to move, the straw kind of flows with it. It keeps its shape. You're still able to, you know, let's let if you're, if the straw is like your receptors, it's able to get stuff in and out. But if you have too many of the bad fats or too much omega-6 incorporated into your cell linings, it loses its flexibility. So think of like your cell membrane now, um, like a stick of hard clay or something like that. Meaning it, it doesn't move very much. And if it does, it might bend the straw in the middle of the clay and then things might not be able to get through. We don't want that. We want effortless communication between cells so that we can think clearly. And that really has to do with how well our cells are able to communicate with each other. Now. How can you tell if you might be needing a little more omega-3 fat in your diet? Well, I actually took this list of symptoms from the book Ultra Mind by Dr. Mark Hyman. So some of these symptoms can mean you need a little more omega-3 fatty acids in your diet. So we're looking for things like soft, cracked, or brittle nails. Dry, itching, scaling, or flaking skin. So this might be even, you know, if you're getting like patches of skin that get itchy or dry. Um, hard earwax. Uh, chicken skin, whether you get the tiny bumps on like your torso or the back of your arms, you have dandruff or aching or stiffness in your joints, maybe you're thirsty a lot. Uh, If you're constipated, which he defines as less than two bowel movements per day, if you have light colored, hard or foul smelling stools, depression, ADHD, memory loss, high blood pressure, or even PMS, these are all signs that you might be omega-3 deficient. So if you're finding that you're checking off that list, it might be worthwhile to talk to a doctor about if you are omega-3 deficient and maybe even testing for it. However, you can also just eat more healthy food because it's good for you in general, right? So like we're saying, omega-3 comes from wild things. Now, that is hard to find in modern diet. I've looked at food logs before that are like, oh yeah, pasta and crackers and Cheerios in the morning. There's not a lot of wild things in there, which means we are likely omega-3 deficient. In fact, I read a statistic that said more than 90% of people are omega-3 deficient. 90%. That is wild considering how much this affects your brain. And now it's like no wonder that with this epidemic of like sleep is for the dead and we'll do that later. And you know, I don't need to exercise and I just need to focus on my business like and and then now we're all omega-3 deficient. Is it any wonder that brain fog is like on an exponential search trend increase on Google right now? It's because we're all suffering from this. So When we're looking at omega-3 coming from wild things, fish is one of those things that we love to talk about. But the problem is most of the fish that we eat in our diet is contaminated with toxins and mercury, which is not doing much for us either. And like I said, when I look at my client's food log, omega-3 fats are entirely missing in so many cases. So how do we get them? because they are considered essential, which means we need them in our diet. Our body just can't magically create them. We need to eat them. So omega-3s are actually abundant in a few natural whole foods. Like we talked about fatty fish, you can find it in seafood, in eggs, in grass fed meat, flax seeds, algae, and walnuts. Your body actually can create omega-3 from plant sources, but the conversion rate is extremely low. Like I was reading that we only access 10% of it, which is nowhere near enough. So this needs to be coming from a supplement or a whole source of food if we want our brain to be working properly. Now, if we're actually looking at omega-6s, those are the ones that are the inflammatory fats, those are actually found in nuts and seeds and grains and beans, which are all good things. So when we say we want a balance of omega-6 fats, these are found in actually healthy foods. The problem is, is that omega-6s are also found in highly refined vegetable oils and processed foods, which we consume all the time. So what we want is a balance of omega-3 and 6 from real food, not from processed food. So I'm not going to lie, this is the part of the podcast that I've been really looking forward to talking to you. It's the good, better, best of fish and what you want to avoid and which ones you want to eat. But you know what, regardless of what type of fish, you know experts have always agreed that fish are on the eat more of it list. It's not like eggs. Those are on and off the list. And it's not like, you know, fats. Those are on and off the list. But fish always seems to be something that experts have agreed is healthy and should be included in our diet. So now that I've actually told you that fish have a lot of mercury and stuff like that, you're like, well, what the heck? What kind of fish do I eat? Well, don't worry. I've got you covered. There are Four things that you need to know when you're choosing your fish. Number one, eat smaller fish. They are better for you and they are the most nutritious. All right. So I want you to think of this think of like the food chain, meaning smaller things get eaten by bigger things and those things get eaten by bigger things and so forth, all the way up to us where we are at the top of the food chain. Now, with Pollution and how it is in our modern day, there is so much waste dumpage into our oceans. So what happens is it gets into you know the ground and to the food sources in our in our water systems that we are fishing from. So now I want you to think about this. All the little tiny fish are eating off the bottom. Maybe they're a little bit of a bottom feeder, maybe they're eating other little algae and stuff like that, and they get a little bit of mercury or PCBs or other toxins in them. Okay, not that bad, not that concentrated. But now you get a slightly bigger fish that comes along and eats like 10 of those little fish. Well, now it has accumulated the mercury, PCBs, and toxins of all of those little fish. And so now it's a little higher. And then you get a bigger fish, which you get the point, right? The bigger the fish, the more exposure it has had to the mercury, PCBs, and other toxins of everything it has eaten. Eaten? Eaten. <laughs> Anyways, it's like that saying, you are what you eat, ate if that makes sense. You are what you eat, ate. Meaning if I ate the fish, I'm also eating what they ate. All right. So with all the pollution dumped in this ocean, if we are eating very large fish, it is very likely that they are higher in these toxins. So we want to eat smaller fish because they are much better for us. With you think of all these big fish, what we're thinking of the most toxic fish are things like swordfish, Chilean sea bass, halibut, tuna, shark, king mackerel, and marlin. I would steer away from these because the toxins are just too high because here's the deal. Mercury is actually the second most toxic and poisonous substance to humans after polonium. So why do we want to be eating that in our fish? So eat smaller fish. Number two, we want to eat fish that are darkest and oiliest because they actually have the highest omega-3 content. Remember omega-3 is that anti-inflammatory fat that really helps our brain cells and membranes be nice and fluid, helps communication, helps us think clearer. This is what we want. So when we're looking at fish that are the darkest and oiliest, they also, interestingly enough, happen to be some of the smallest fish. Okay, so we're hitting number one and we're hitting number two now. So the best are actually going to be called smash fish. And that's an acronym. S-M-A-S- H. These are the fish that we want to eat most often, not only because they are smaller, but because of their omega-3 content. So S, the first S, stands for salmon. So when we are choosing salmon, we want to be choosing wild. And we're going to talk about that in point number three. But canned or fresh. If we don't want to be ordering and, you know, purchasing wild, fresh salmon, canned works great. We look for things like wild Alaskan salmon. It is so good. You can get it in cans. It's shelf stable. Canned is great and fresh is great as long as it's wild. M stands for mackerel. Now, when we are choosing our mackerel, we want to choose Atlantic or Pacific mackerel because they actually have the lowest PCBs, mercury, and toxins. What we want to steer away from is actually king mackerel. So when you're looking, have a look for this. A stands for anchovies. The next S stands for sardines, which we talked about. They can be canned or fresh. H stands for herring wild cod are the best. So those are your smash fish, salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, or herring. A couple other that fit into that darkest, oiliest, high omega-3 content fish include trout and oysters and mussels. So we are contrasting that with the least nutritious fish. That means they have less omega-3 in them. We're looking at things like sole, tilapia, flounder, cod, snapper, lobster, scallops, shrimp, and crab. Now, I don't know about you, but again, if I think back to my bodybuilding days, it was white rice with cod or tilapia and low fat, low carb. So no wonder I was having, you know, so much trouble running my business and being super healthy at that time. It was because I was literally depriving myself of any type of nutrition when it came to fat. So we want to stick to our smash fish and avoid some of the more common fish that are not you know, dent in that omega-3. And the big ones that most of us eat all the time, sole, tilapia, cod, snapper, lobster, shrimp, and crab. All right, let's go to point number three of what you got to know when you buy fish. We want to buy wild. It is more expensive, but it is worth it, not only in nutritional content, but taste and flavor. Like I remember the first time we brought home wild salmon and I was like, wait a second, this is what fish is supposed to taste like. Like you, you won't be able to go back. Like regular farmed salmon has like no flavor when you compare it to wild salmon. It is worth the money because you are actually getting the health benefits of the fish instead of when you are having farmed fish. Now, here's a couple reasons why I no longer buy farmed fish and it might be something for you to consider. So fish that is farmed, is what that means is that they are raised in an enclosed area where the fish are all you know pretty much body to body to body to body and this is where they are raised this is where they are fed this is where they are harvested so when they are raised in close proximity like that it is actually highly unsanitary because if you think about this it they're swimming in poop they're swimming in the excrement of all of the other fish in the enclosure, which I think is disgusting. I mean, and on top of that, just like the life quality of a fish, if you can't really swim and you're just really, you know, swimming around in poop, I mean, that's that's no life for a fish in general. But the second thing we need to consider is that when fish are swimming in poop and in that close proximity, infections happen. So to prevent the infections in the fish, they're actually given antibiotics. So now your food is unsanitary, swimming in poop, and now it is given antibiotics to fight off the infections from the poop and all the other bacteria in the water. And now you are ingesting antibiotics. So if you listen to my episode I did called Why I Annoy My Doctor, I actually talked a whole bunch in there about you know, what antibiotics do to our bodies. And we want to be avoiding unnecessary antibiotics at all costs because it really does affect the health of our bodies and our digestive system. And the last reason I always buy wild now is because the fish that are kept in captivity like that, they are fed grains. But here's the thing. Fish don't eat corn in the wild. So if fish are eating, you know, feedlot food and corn because it is cheaper and easier, by the time those fish actually reach you, they have more omega-6 than omega-3 in them. That's that inflammatory omega-6 uh, fatty acid that we don't want. In fact, many farmed fish when they are tested show Minimal, if any, levels of omega three. So basically, what you are paying for is expensive, antibiotic-filled, omega six three, farmed, unhappy fish. This is why I liked about wild. I like to really think that you know the quality of my food is as important as what I'm eating. So this might be something that you can you know create a loom- little room in your budget for because wild fish is just so much better for you than farmed fish. Okay, last point when we're talking about our fish. Canned fish is okay, but choose it carefully. So when we talk about canned fish, wild Alaskan salmon, remember we talked about wild canned salmon, is actually great for you. High omega-3 levels, it's considered one of the smaller fish. This is where we want to go to all the time. Sardines also come canned and a lot as do some of the other fish. So when you're looking at good, better, best packed in olive oil is always going to be the healthiest. So if you flip over the label and you start seeing all these other oils and different ingredients in the packing, it's definitely going to be less healthy than olive oil. But I'm going to say I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight with you here. I've tried the sardines in the olive oil, and they definitely have a fishier flavor. So what I actually have found is that there are certain sardines that I like to buy that are actually um, stored in. Lemon juice with pepper, and this just reminds me actually of eating cod. That's what I find personally is it has just a bit of that lemon kick to it. It's got some pepper. the 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 fishy flavor is not as potent as olive oil. So yes, it is healthier. But I often find I look forward to eating the ones in the lemon juice with the pepper. And so if that is what it's going to take to get me to eat sardines, I'm all on board with that. So one of the things that Dr. Mark Hyman says is he says if you can fit a whole fish in your pan, your frying pan, it's usually a good choice and it's going to be small enough. If you have to cut your fish into little pieces to get it into a frying pan, the fish is too big. So let's review those really quick. The four things you want to know when you're buying fish, you want to eat smaller fish, because they're better for you. You want the fish that are the darkest and the oiliest. You want to eat wild fish when possible. And canned is okay, but choose carefully. So sticking to wild Alaskan or sardines that are packed potentially in lemon juice or olive oil, but staying away specifically from canned tuna. I forgot to mention that because tuna is one of those really larger fish that actually has high levels of mercury toxicity. And we want to eliminate that from our diet. So Keep it simple. Smash fish, salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, or herring are great choices. I am also going to include in the description my favorite salmon recipe that you've got to try. It's called um, pesto salmon and Italian veggies in foil. It's from a blog called Cooking Classy. It's basically salmon that is cooked in basil pesto. It is so good. I cannot recommend that you try it enough. And with sardines, specifically if you want to mix them into like a sauce or mix them in with rice, it'll also help, you know, change up the flavor as I'm all about exploring different ways that we can eat a food that we enjoy. So we enjoy eating it, right? Now, the last thing we got to cover, of course, when it talks to omega-3s is supplementation. So, like always before you start taking any supplements, talk to your doctor about that. But I just kind of want to give you the idea of things to discuss with them. So it is recommended that you do get three to four servings of these fatty small fish per week. That means, you know, three to four cans of sardines or servings of salmon. If not, then you're looking at a time to supplement. So the recommendation that, you know, that I read in the book Ultramind by Dr. Mark Hyman is a 1000 milligrams of omega-3 fats twice per day you're looking at an epa to dha remember those are the two different types of fat that make up omega-3s you're looking at a ratio of 300 to 200 so sometimes you'll get supplements that'll have uh, more dha or more epa so look for a ratio of 300 epa to 200 dha he recommends to take it once in the morning and once at night. And that quality actually matters on this. So you want to make sure that you are getting high quality omega-3, not only because you want it to be from fish that are not sick, full of antibiotics and loaded up with toxins. You want wild fish is where you're going to be getting your, um, your omega-3 supplement from, or actually specifically krill oil. So krill are nice and small. If you're thinking about, you know, accumulation of toxins, the smaller the fish, the better. So I often, you know, think krill oil is a great one to go through. It's actually quite common to find and most people have never heard of it. So what I do personally, I do eat three to four servings of these fatty fish per week. And I also do a small amount of supplementation. I take about half of the recommended dose to make sure that I am getting what my brain and body needs. So if you are vegetarian, and you don't eat fish, or some of the other sources of omega-3 fats we have talked about, you can actually get supplementation from an algae oil, which is going to be much better than walnuts or flaxseed oil because remember we said only about 10% of it is converted. So algae oil will be the best way for you to go. Now, we've talked a lot about fish and why it is so important. So my question to you is, how are you going to implement this this week? Are you going to add some sardines to your dinner, or some wild salmon to your lunch, or some anchovies, I would love to hear about it. So don't forget to tag me at Tanessa Shears on Instagram if you find that you're switching up your meals and incorporating a little more omega-3, because here's the deal, we want fish for brains. Yes, please, I will take fast thinking and communication between my brain cells all day long if that means I have fish for brains. So if this episode has been super helpful for you, I would love if you would leave a review on the podcast. It makes such a difference and helps this podcast reach more people just like you so we can help eliminate brain fog. It doesn't need to be the normal. And if you are ready to take that next step and you're like, yes, I want Tanessa to help me with my brain and with my health because I'm ready to be so much more than just a business person. I am ready to be healthy. I am ready to be present. I am ready to be calm. I am ready to take back control of my health. I would love for you to book a consultation call with me. I will leave the link in the description basically it's a call where you and I hop on and see if we have a good vibe if we jive if we you know if it feels like a good fit and if it is we move forward in working together and this is where all the fun really happens so again if you want to join my one-to-one coaching program becoming limitless click the link in the description and let's get a call on the book scheduled with you and me I hope you have an absolutely wonderful week and we'll talk to you next time bye Ready to begin each day feeling energized and focused? I'd love to work with you one-on-one. In my Becoming Limitless program, you're going to learn how to optimize your brain and body with science and biohacking so you can be highly productive and grow your business faster. Join me over at tanessashears.com with me. I'll see you there.